What's up, everybody? It's the Yachty 84 Show here with Adam Mallet live from our <laughs> quarantine locations. This is episode 164 on the fine, uh, what's today's date? The 6th of January, 2021, first show of the year yeah. for us. And uh, not much has changed since March. So it's, uh, everyone thought like once 2021 happened, the, stuff, the light switch would be, and everything's back to normal. <laughs> No, I remember we were saying that the, uh, the, the, the media couldn't even give us a one full week of enjoying the new year before they hit us with trying to stir up fucking pandemonium with like the new COVID strain that could be in the United States from fucking South Africa. That oh, might, yeah. Our vaccine might not. Like, just. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that really like make you like excited about life? It's like, ah. Uh, I'm starting to hope that asteroid hits us in 2060. I really am. I'm starting to hope. <laughs> So as we report live here on the show, uh, there's chaos in D.C. Um, and it's, it's chaos. And uh, people want to blame one particular party or another. But it's, it's basically it's chaos every time there's a protest. What, what have we learned from the last nine, eight, nine to ten months in this country? Every time there's a protest, it ends up being a riot at the end. No matter if it's for the Democrats' protest or the Republicans' protest. And at the end of the day, there's a fucking riot. And just go... But it's, it's not people. Sad. But the sad part is, and I truly believe that the people who are causing all those ruckus towards the end, right, on both sides, aren't the people who were, like were intent and their intent was to protest peacefully. I think no, it's yeah. just like these radical groups that take advantage of the situation, and it's for both. Both, yeah. both. You know, you can go have your friendly Black Lives Matter protest and everything, and everything works out great. That's fine. You have the freedom to protest and you know do what you want. And I don't care. That's fine. But it's like at the end, right? It's like all of a sudden chaos happens and it makes one side look worse than the other. But it has nothing to do with the people that were originally there. These these mobs of like Antifa and like these, uh, you know, homegrown terrorist groups and stuff like this that come in and just cause the trouble and make shit look bad for both sides. I mean, both sides look bad. I mean, it's just, it just sucks. You know, it, it takes away from, <coughs> like we were talking about before the show, saying like, it, it takes away from focusing on other problems that are going on because now like attention has to be focused on that when really yeah. the world has so many fucking problems right now. And we're uh, too consumed with attacking each other. It's like, realistically, it's like there is going to be a new fucking president. They should yeah. ha be getting ready to work together to handle like it's a matter of national security, exchanging files. Like these are things that kind of have to happen. Yeah, you know? And it's just yeah. it's a problem that like, there's all this resistance in turmoil it's like can't we all just fucking work together it's well like fucking i mean when you look at it we've we've never I've, i don't know in past history uh it's been this divided since the civil war you know 150 years ago right but what happened you know two sides were divided i still believe that this country will divide within the next 50 years it's it's inevitable i don't i don't i don't see us being able to maintain on the path that we are and this mindset right i mean when that happens though i wonder where the line is i don't think it's north and south anymore no. it's more like where is the it lines will, cut i i honestly think it's it's more like you know territorially like you're gonna remember shit's been bad for a while but it hasn't been this, this bad and then 9 11 comes and we kind of get united right we're all living up this americana for five to six years and that burns off around 2007 you know and then it starts fading away slowly but surely so either the country needs a really I hate to say it, like a, a terrorist type attack to bring everyone together again. That many, many lives are going to be lost. Um, and I don't even think the country will come together for that, to be honest with you. If you had well, another temporarily, minute, temporarily, for like yeah. a week, for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you see cities come together for a little while, you know, like when you have like the Boston bombing and then like, you know, the shit that goes on everywhere, like, you know, hurricane happens. And I feel like it's less and less happening. And to be completely honest with you, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have the hope or the faith in this country that would be able to come together to, uh, there would just be people blaming each other, you know? And, and that's unfortunately the situation. But like you said, like how would the country divide? I think it's going to be sectioned. I don't think it'll be just two countries. I think there'll be portions of the country. I think Texas breaks off, to be honest. I think the whole West Coast breaks off into their own little shumbop, right? I think with Texas, you're probably going to get New Mexico and probably Arizona to pot with them, right? And then you're going to have the whole Southeast. I think the entire Southeast may be its own little thing. I think Florida might break off and be their own place. I think it's going to be like Europe, how you have so many little countries into the big continent. Whereas, you know, I mean, it's only, it's going to happen. You're going to have New England and New York and New Jersey. That, those people that we're going to break off over there. 
it is just going to be it's 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 going to be like when um when the USSR broke up in the ninth, early 1990s, right? You had U, Russia or USSR at the time controlled all these, you know, individuals and the United States controlled all these states. And then finally they just said, fuck it. And they just break off. And it, it's terrible economically because now you have certain parts of the comp- country that are really good at like, say farming, right? The Midwest. Well, you can't farm in new England. So how do you negotiate that there? Right? Well, the coast is very important for trade and commerce, right? So how's someone in fucking Oklahoma, how are you going to communicate and get goods from another country or anywhere from the, so it's going to be very complicated. The country will be very, very, uh, we'll be a, almost a third world country. I think. What happens you know? with education? It's like, what if you live in Texas and want to go to school in Boston? Yeah, you don't. You know, it's like, you what, can, what's going to happen? You know? it, it would be exactly like how, if you lived in Russia or you lived in France and you want to go to school in Italy, right? Maybe there's a maybe it's called the North American Union, where all these individual countries are all in the same union. But that doesn't even work because look at Europe. UK just broke away from the, the European Union the other day. So it, it doesn't really matter how you you cut it or shave it. You know what I mean? I just think the country's too big to sustain. I think we're so behind the eight ball right now with everything. And like you made a good point about how other countries are just fucking barnstorming us, and we don't have a fucking chance because we're too. They're too. There's, there's people who, who are supposed to be in charge of this country in all both parties who basically care about themselves more than anything else. And I mean, it just shows, the, like, just look at like, you know, they, they tell people you can't go eat somewhere, right? But then you see these politicians eating at restaurants. And then when you, they, can, they, they bring it up, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. But it's like, you got to like, you got to be like, you got to do what you preach. You know what I mean? It's just very, but what are we going to do? Sit there, we're just taking any ass. There's nothing we can do about it. Have, have you read, I mean, and now is the perfect, the United States has never been more vulnerable mm-hmm. than really, right, than right now. And remember I was saying the other day how we were just, we were attacked by uh, Russia. Yeah, I was reading into the, that. Uh, did you look into that? Huge. What a fucking blummer that was. Like, what was, what was the, I don't know what, what the popman in the U.S. defense controls hacking, but they were definitely taking a nap that day. Uh, is like 18,000. Let me see. I'm trying to pull the thing. Uh, you got to so, so be careful too with this country too, because people are so divided that like something like that, that happened, someone who wanted them to hack us could have just let them hack us because they want their believe one party or another. Isn't that, it's very dangerous, you know? Okay. Well, I love this. In a joint statement, the intelligence bodies say, now this is from the BBC. So this is outside, which is probably more reliable. Okay. Yeah. So, in a joint statement, the intelligence body saw they currently believe fewer than 10. So there could be nine or 10. Yep. U.S. government agencies saw their data compromised. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I actually believe that. I've been reading a lot of um, overseas. Solar Winds was the company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of my. I, what I like to do is I like to read like uh, Australian news and UK news and other European. Yeah, see what's going on. Because yeah. I think they give a broader perspective. Like Briggs, because they have no they have no dogs in the fight. You know what I mean? So for them, it's like, who fucking gives a shit? Ooh. All right. So I will say this already, and I was teasing this kind of before the show. I was saying that there is something in the coronavirus bill that I am very interested in. Yeah. Okay. So buried within the bill's 5,600 pages are a number of laws with little to do with the coronavirus pandemic, including one requiring the U.S. intelligence services to submit an unclassified report on UFOs to the Senate Intelligence Committee within 180 days. Nice. And the report must include a detailed analysis of unidentified aerial phenomena, Ooh. data and intelligence reporting collected or held by almost all of the country's intelligence agencies. Yeah. I am stoked. Although that doesn't mean we're going to get like, I have a feeling we're going to get like 30 pages and like blackout, 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 four words, blackout, yeah. blackout, blackout. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny too. It's like, obviously like, if, so this means that either there is, there's something going on, right? I mean, oh, maybe there isn't because how many people have gone into space, you know, and it, wouldn't you think you would see something when you're up there? I don't know. Well, some have. Yeah. Some have. Yeah. Some have. And then, I guess they're afraid to say stuff, right? Because they don't want to be like, you know, they'll just get rid of them. I know, I know pilots have seen stuff and like a few, only a few pilots will, will say anything, 
but there's got to be shit flying around up there, right? Am I, I mean, but I think that's interesting. Uh, I think that's very interesting. I think it's a good, good money. We have a special guest tonight, uh, uh, a friend of ours who comes in all the time, uh, Casey G. Let's bring him in right now. Let's see. Here we go. He is, uh, I'm sure he's all fired up by the events of today. There he is. This is usual. There he is with those photos in the background. Remember, remember I was telling you about the painting that was in the back? Mr. Casey. Right. Can you hear us, big guy? Is he? Oh, he's still connecting. Look at that beard. He's growing that there thing out. He's starting to look more like an author, like every day. More and more and more like an author. He is. He really is. Casey, how you how you been hanging out, hanging in there? Uh, just working. Yeah. Well, well I remember when you <laughs> came on the show, uh, I would say nine months ago or so, right when this pandemic started, we thought this was going to be a temporary uh, event. And here we are, uh, the first of uh, 2021, doing exactly what we were doing, uh, you know, 200 and something days yeah. ago. So. <laughs> That sounds about right. What, what was that? Springtime? April-ish? Yeah, April-ish. So we were, you were sitting on your porch, so it had to be nice enough to be hanging on a porch, I guess. So, um, well, yeah, Artie, if you're looking for a diversion, Massachusetts lawmakers want to name an official state dinosaur. That's fucking awesome. What do you, what do you think? State- we're, what, what, would you, what would you, if you were to pick a dinosaur for the state of Massachusetts, which one would you pick, you think? Well, I mean, the thing is, it didn't really look like that, but I would go with the Jurassic Park version of the Velociraptor. I okay. mean, you got it. Yeah. yeah Even though they know they didn't look like that now, but you got it. And would, you, would you base it on, like, state size or, like, because the Raptor, like, Massachusetts is a small state, but very powerful. So a Raptor would actually fit quite well when you think about it because it's a smaller dinosaur, but very powerful, you know? So apparently state rep Jack Lewis tweeted Monday that he plans on following the legislate the legislation 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 on January 15th adding that the effort is a good way for children to learn about the legislative process. Okay. Boring. I know, right? Like I mean, don't we already have a cartoon of that? Yeah, it's like that bill. Like this is how a bill starts in the bill dancing on the street and you hear the bill and you give up a doop a doop of the Mr. Bill. People are dying. Let's talk about dinosaurs. <laughs> I uh, actually know a guy. Um, I won't say his name, but I pottied with him many, many of times. And what'd you say? Who's Bill Clinton? No, I wish that would be a hell of a potty. Me, <laughs> me and Adam were talking about uh, what he does with cigars the other day at lunch. Um, no, he's a he just been a, he just was elected to a state rep position in Massachusetts. I'm not going to say what district, where it is. If you know me, um, you may know who it is. He, uh, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and uh, I got to say, we've uh, he was a, he was he was a former school committee member for his district. Um, we would drink. He used to drink very heavily. He would do some crazy things, and now that he's representing Mass, his district in Massachusetts. It just goes to prove that anyone can be a politician. So <laughs> he was like, he was like your, when you, when I first met him, uh, probably a decade ago, I looked at him and when I, I knew he, he looked like a politician, right? When I met him, the way he talks and he kind of like his charisma and stuff, he's a very nice guy, very sociable, you know, but it's funny that you have these people elected to positions that you just know what they used to do. <laughs> it's just terrible stuff sometimes. <laughs> No. I mean, just imagine if I got elected for anything. You guys would just have to go up to like 15 years of this podcast and see all the terrible things I had said. No, I could get, I could make a lot of money holding shit over your head. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm in the nation of just letting it all out. I would just I would just put it all out there. I'd be like, here it is. Sorry, I'm sorry. If I offended. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, Casey probably has enough stories of me just working at the restaurant to fill a book. Yeah, yeah. Just like the time he almost got me killed. At like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we, I almost uh, got us hit by a gas truck going through Bell Circle and Rivera because I was not paying attention. I somehow stopped. I blew the red light, but then panicked. Parked in the middle of a two-way <laughs> highway. Of traffic on the opposite side of the road, like in between. Yeah, we, 
this 16 wheeler just come barreling around <laughs> I was I was very tired, not paying attention, and uh, that was the uh, last time Casey asked for a ride home. <laughs> I don't think I asked for a ride home. I just accepted it. Yeah, I, I guess you just I, I I I that was a scary night. That my little Honda Civic would have been destroyed. <laughs> yes, it would have. Worse condition than it was already. Fucking crazy. It goes to show you that no matter how tired you are, sometimes even coffee won't wake you up. That's right. Yeah. You know, cocaine, maybe, though. See, so you walked this- right through the hotel, grabbed a cup of coffee on the way out, drank it. Yep. And, and it didn't what, wake him up. Do you know I missed that about this COVID thing, the, the free coffee at the Comfort Inn? So I used to, uh, at the end of my shift, I would go through the, the hotel and go, you know, bullshit with the, the hotel crew for, you know, a few minutes and make myself a free cup of coffee because they had complimentary coffee in the, in the lobby. And I used to go throughout my shift and go over there and grab a coffee or two and grab one on my way in. So I used to get like three coffees from them. It was decent coffee. It was very tasty. Their coffee was better than ours. It was. They, I guess they still have the coffee, but you got to ask the people at the front desk. And I only know people at the, and the graveyard shift at this point. And then, so it, it was kind of like I, I, my rhythm was broken. I got to wear a mask and, you know. But I, that's what I missed. I used to go over there, make myself a cup of coffee. I'd bullshit with the, with the staff a little while and go along my way. It was very nice. Um, one of my favorite memories there, apart from the cutout where you thought I might have lost it. Um, <laughs> and next story, I promise. But uh, I was just like hosting at the same time. I think I was like doing like graveyard shifts, working security at Cambridge at the time. Yeah. I was uh, doing doing a hosting one time. I was just like, Nodding off at the at the host stand, I was taking a, a takeout order from one of the uh, flight attendants, and I forgot how how we ended up talking about it, but we ended up talking about coffee. So I I took her order in, and she went back upstairs, got changed, came down, yeah, and, and, and dropped off a cup of the, <laughs> the uh, hotel at uh, the Comfort Inn's coffee uh, for me as I traded her <laughs> her meal. She a flight attendant? Did you, did you get her room key too? No, no, I didn't ask. No, you know me, Artie. I would never ask. Sometimes they just give it to you. I mean, there's been times where, you know, I, I mean, I've gotten phone numbers before. I know. They ended up in the trash before I leave. Cocksmith. the restaurant. But, you know, uh, you probably I, could. I've gotten them before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the greatest when, like, like, a, like a chick is sitting there and you work and she just slides it across the table? You don't even have to ask. It's just like, oh, well, there. Oh, well, then. Okay. The, the, yeah. whole, the, hotel, the hotel key gets slid across the, the table, and you're like, oh, all right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not about that life. Yeah. I don't know where you've been. You're a good Christian boy, and we can't take that away from you. Yeah, you've tried. Dave's tried. Yeah. Jessica has tried. Jessica sexually uh, uh, assaulted you or sexually harassed you? What would you call yeah, that was, it? That, she, that exposed, was she exposed her titties to you. It is. While we were working in the back room, who, who, um, you may have known her. Uh, she came on many pub crawls with us. Remember the chick who came? Oh, I know you're talking about the one who couldn't get into the club because she never ID. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. She slept with uh, Danger Powers allegedly. I guess I hear. Mm. But uh, yes, one day she, rest she, in peace. she was obsessed with uh, trying to make. Uh, Casey over here go to the dark side. So she came into the kitchen one night and she exposed her titty cockins to him. And all I'm doing is just trying to wash dishes. That's all he was doing. And he got a whole bunch of D's in his face. I don't want any of that. Like, don't roll your own silverware anyways. No, that, you're probably the only dishwasher in the history of dishwashing. Never had a waitress come over and just drop a tits right in front of you. <laughs> probably. I mean, hey. I don't know why. I don't exactly have a face that a mother could love. She was obsessed with corrupting you. You could have, I mean, you you wouldn't. There are numerous times, there were numerous opportunities. I said no to all of them. You could have. uh, Why? I mean, just out of curiosity, I'm not judging you. I'm just curious. Why why would you say no? Just, I mean, we're all men. We all have urges. We all, you know, we, we were in a relationship and you just didn't like her. I have my own moral compass. He's a very good Christian boy, so he he, he believes I, in what he believes, and he can't take that away, I guess. 
Dirt, you're, you're stronger than a lot of us. I'll tell you, you that. Just, you just changed your name to Dirt Diggler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Matt. Um, we work with so many Matts. It's kind of hard to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's just like you know, you only get one one Artie, and there's like six yeah, or seven great. different Matts that work there over the course of se- seven years. Did you um? Adam, just a uh, side reference. Are you wearing a Jurassic Park shirt because you're going to bring up the Jurassic Park That's what it looks like. Thing? <laughs> Tonight, is that or just a coincidence? Uh, he, he changed it while we were talking. Yeah. The, the best uh, news like the got to me. Because I got my Lego catalog it's in. Boogie, it's a Boogie Nights reference. It is? Oh, yes. And uh, so speaking of dinosaurs, there's a new Lego set coming out, which I'm very excited about. I don't know if you can see this. But it's a uh, it's a skeleton dinosaur skeleton set, and uh, a little bit, a little bit. It's gonna be it's, it looks like a looks like a a triceratops and a tyrannosaurus rex, and it's like supposed to be like a museum skeleton, like you would see the, like the bones in the, the museum. Yeah. it's gonna be fucking awesome in my amusement park. I can tell you that much. Like that's gonna be fucking pissa. But that was the highlight of my day, coming home. Well, of course, uh, seeing my wife and kid was also a very nice part of my day. But then coming home, and I got my Lego sets that I ordered on New Year's Eve at 2 o'clock in the morning, or I guess New Year's Day at 2 o'clock in the morning. Every year, Lego releases on January 1st a bunch of cool sets. And if you don't get it on January 1st, you might have to wait four to five months. And I was talking to the guy at the Lego store this weekend, and he told me the reason is because half the staff at the factory in uh, Denmark is – been laid off because of COVID. So there's such a demand. So I, we, I went on at 12 o'clock, you know, New Year's Day, and uh, they crashed the Lego site. And I'd fallen asleep, and I happened just to wake up at 2.30 in the morning. And when I woke up, I was like, let me try. And I tried and got my order in. Yeah. So I'm very excited. I got this set right here. It's the Lego police station. Oh, it's fucking crazy. I can't wait to build this. You know, you know what's funny, too? I want to mention, and you may say one way or another, but I do believe that social media does um, control what um, accounts get more activity than others. I would say probably. Regardless of how many followers you have and stuff. And I, the reason I, I think this is a problem, or not a problem, but just the situation, is because on my Lego Instagram, I mean, I'll post a picture and do the proper hashtag and, and get like 100 likes, right? Out of a, a thousand followers, which is pretty good. That's like ten percent. But on our Packy Instagram, while well, we have like double the amount of followers, and I post something very topical with the hashtags, we only get like three or four likes. It could also be. It could all. I think it also could be because to how, um, like, what, if you're putting something out that's topical, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But if it's like Legos is kind of a niche, like there's not a lot of people. Like, I feel like there's more, you're more likely actually to get maybe something with Legos because it's not like there's as many people clogging the filter. It could you know? be. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I mean, there's content, like the, the content, the actual. Well, like, we have a lot of, we have a lot of uh, anti, uh, not anti-Biden stuff on there, but some like jokey stuff. Like no one, like you, people would make fun of like the press. Like you know, you make fun of like pe- people of power joking around with like flops they do and stuff. I mean, we have a couple yeah. on there, but like I don't know if I don't know if Twitter's that important on the packy with a small little uh, situation organization we get going on here that they give two fucks about. But who the fuck knows? I don't really don't care. But it is what it is. I'd be curious though to start like a, a clone account of it and not post political stuff and see if I get the same uh, traffic posting the same stuff. You know what I mean? Out of curiosity, it might be interesting. I'm done with politics though, and I know we discussed it briefly on the show, but we know. But it's, it's it, it, I don't think we're discussing politics more or less just at current events in the world right now. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's but like, I'm done with the whole rooting for one guy or another. I just, it, I just exhausting. Well, it is, and it's like you, you, it, you. People have their ideas, and they have their guy, and then people always want to change it, right? So, like for example, right? I'll, I'll use Casey as an example. He's a hardcore Democrat, and he, he's a so left. He's a Bernie Sanders, which I, this is totally, you know, this has never happened. But just let's pretend that Casey loves Bernie Sanders, and say I love someone so like right wing, you know, like Adolf Hitler. Right, he was very right wing. He really wanted shit done correctly, 
And then me and you have a conversation with two <laughs> totally different type of politicians. And we'll just argue for five to six hours because we're just trying to, why our person's better than the other. But like, you already made your choice, right? So like, why bother fucking arguing? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when you go home and your wife says, you know, you know, you forgot to take the garbage out today. You could sit there and make 20 excuses why you forgot to take the garbage out, right? <laughs> or you could true. just sit there and accept it. Like, yeah, I forgot to take the garbage out and I'm sorry. And just leave it at that. Conversation ended. And then you saved five hours in a fight. You know what I mean? And I found that way, like, with politics, it's like when you discuss with people, like, I, I never liked to discuss it at the bar when I worked because I just, it was a very awkward situation because a bar is <laughs> a very communal place and you have people sitting all around it and people pick up on other people's conversations. So you don't want to be, you want to kind of tame it because you don't want to piss off someone so, someone sitting over here and someone sitting over there, but they, you know, you want to kind of keep that shit. So dude, <laughs> um, even with sports too, I've always tried to be like referee of sports and like, because like someone comes in and they're like a diehard Yankees fan, but you have some fucking townie sitting next to you wearing a sock sweatshirt and a scully cap like myself. Um, you don't want to like irritate them. You know what I mean? So it's like, you gotta be like, I think politics are a lot more deadly to talk about when you think about that. Right. Like, I mean, I don't know. Um, not- it really, honestly, it really depends on who it, who it is. Yeah. You have, you know, the extreme left, the extreme right. They're going to believe what they're going to believe anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually the people in the middle, the Democrats and the Republicans who are in the middle, like yeah. mindset that are capable of having their, uh, their their views altered when you give them like something new to, to, to think about, something new to the table. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Those are the people that you can really have a dis- reasonable discussion with. Well, with, with that statement, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I agree with you 100%, 110%. And, but I believe that wouldn't that call for a third party? Like, wouldn't you want a party with those mixed people? Like, those ideas? Like, a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, you put it together? Because, listen, I'm a conservative, but I, I don't... If you want to have gay marriage, that's fine with me. I think legalizing certain drugs is fine. I think, um, I think of, on a very liberal ideas, but, like, when it comes to, like politics and stuff like that i'm very conservative about spending and the way things are done and there's a process and stuff so i, I would consider myself a middle guy right I would, I would almost consider myself a uh i don't know would you call it a moderate i, I don't know what you are already actually you're, you're definitely a way more conservative you're, you're a passionate man i'll give you that i, I, I do I a radio know. show where we talk about dick jokes if i was so conservative you know exactly. what I, mean? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do this you know like i like, I like people to have their i like freedom how's that sound yeah yeah i like freedom. I like freedom. I like to be able to do what the fuck I want to do, as you can tell. And as you, in this show, we, we talk about stuff then, you know, but I also like some kind of control. You know, I, I don't like, like freedom's great, but I, but like, it's for example, right? You're dating a girl and you guys go out all the time and go potting, but she doesn't think twice about running up her and maxing out her credit cards every weekend. And you're like, whoa, all right, we're having fun, <laughs> but there's some kind of something that happens at the end. Yeah, yeah that's perfect, actually. Yeah, so it's like, you want to, go potty with someone, have a good time, but you want to be conservative enough to know where the limits are and be like, all right, let's go. So instead of like, let's go fly to Hawaii, you'd be like, ah, let's just go and go drinking down at the bar and have a good time instead. And you find the happy medium, right? But I feel like most of this country is like that. And so like, wouldn't that call for like a third party just to be like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Moderate. Like I'm a little bit of column A. I'm a little bit of column B. Hey, take me home. The, the problem is, is we have too too many of those third parties to jump on the bandwagon. I agree with that. That's yeah. kind of, um, I mean, I mean, in, in my my humble opinion, may I crucify myself online? But um, <clears throat> one of the states that I can't think of was it Michigan. Trump lost because there were like two uh, third party conservatives yeah. who were running, and they they made the difference between. Yeah, I think it was Michigan. Yeah, like Biden won the yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yep. And so, you know, we have them. The, the problem is, is their ideas are, I don't want to say like too different. Yeah, um, I, no, I think you're right. It's not, you still have the two major wheelhouses. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the, the mindset is, well, we could start this, but then if we have on the same types of candidates that we had in like last election, which I still wasn't too happy about. Um, you know, the, the feeling is, well, I need to be behind this bandwagon 
because I don't like this bandwagon. Yeah. And me voting for this bandwagon is not me voting for this bandwagon. Voting against. Me voting against the other bandwagon. So. Which you want your shit to smell. Yeah. It's basically, yeah. That issue itself that, you know. um, I mean, that's kind of how Trump Trump got elected the first time because people just had a hatred towards the Clintons. You know what I mean? And there was enough hatred. They didn't vote for Trump. They voted against Hillary. And I think this time around, people didn't vote for Biden. They voted against Trump. So it's like, well, something's wrong with that picture because people aren't voting for the person they want. They're voting against the person that they don't want. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You should be. That's the the problem. That's the problem. (laughs) You keep voting for the person that Jack Neoff. Insane. <laughs> like it changes names. No, but like that's a, that's 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 like the, the the root of the problem. Like, so how do you change parties, right? So you go back in time. We used to have the Whig Party, right? And then we had the Democratic Republicans. That was one separate. That was one party. The Democratic Republicans versus the Whigs. And somehow down the line, the Whigs disappeared, and it just became Repu- Democratic Republicans that then split into Democrats and Republicans, and that's the way it's been. So what what kind of what do you need to start a, a successful party? Like I know right now it's all controlled by money. It's all controlled by corporations and who's giving them more money. It's, it's really kind of like they say it's a democracy, but it really kind of isn't because the, the 1% of the major corporations kind of control everything, which is like, what are you going to do? Take it in the ass. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. It's, I mean, there's no way you can stop these big corporations to get involved in politics. It's impossible. They pay, six figures for lobbyists to sit at DC all day just to get this shit passed. I mean, you know, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that unless you got rid of lobbyists and then good luck of doing that because how, you, how these politicians going to afford to run because these big corporations are going to have the money to give to them because they don't have the lobbyists. It's a vicious circle. So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a lost cause. So I guess the question is how do you start, how do you start a successful third party? Because I'd be interested in getting involved with you guys if you want to stop. Oh, too. I mean, there are. And yeah, they just they just kind of sit there on the bill and they're just kind of like vote for them in case you don't want to vote for anybody else. But yeah, half really... And you're really just taking votes away from other people. That's all you're doing. You're really not voting for that third party, too. It's like, but well, you be, I don't like either candidate, so I'm going to vote for the third party. That's and what I like, did. <laughs> which is fine and everything, and that's your right to do. That's exactly what I did. Wait, it's not like you're voting with the hope that they're going to win. You just vote. No, I know. You're just like, voting. I'm just, just at that vote. point, I'm just more interested in, like, the questions, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know. You got to get a corporate sponsor. You know, Amazon's going to sponsor, like, like, the third party. Like, no, who would be a good, like, a good president, I think, would be, like, an evil on, uh, what was that? What's his name? Um, Tesla guy. Musk. Musk. What's his name? He would be a good president. Elon Musk. Yeah. Elon, yeah, I think he'd be a good president because he's kind of a very smart guy. He invented many, many important things that we're going to be using for years to come. And he's a no bullshit kind of guy too. Look at what he's doing in California. He's moving his company from California to Texas because California's like, well, you guys can't operate. And he's like, well, fuck you. I'm a huge company. I bring a lot of money into the state. I provide you guys with a lot of jobs. And now you're kind of, you know, strong arming me. I'm just going to go to a state that appreciates my, my help. So he's going that, to Texas. That's true. But I, I would need to know more about who he surrounds himself with too. We don't yeah. know if he knows anything about budgeting or if like good people around him, you yeah. know, all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, yeah, Cause when you're dealing with the CEO, they know how to manage things. Yeah. But uh, they're still like pretty far away from the, um, the find new day-to-day operations. You need like a CEO and a COO and a CFO, someone who has all those responsibilities, who has knows knowledge of all three aspects of a major working corporation. Because yeah, you said CFO is a good figurehead, right? They're they're the guy that you look to. They, you know, they're the president, right? And then you get the COO who controls all the money, but like they may or not know how to control the company, right? So they just know that all right, we have budgets, we have to you know and stuff. And then you know it's it, it's a very uh, I don't know. Fucking the fuck do I know? I'm a guy from Revere who uh sitting here on a Wednesday night I have two buddies in front of a camera drinking some <laughs> Samuel Adams. Yeah, you know, I, I ran for you. Well, there's only a matter of time, Casey, till I run for political office here in my fine town of uh, West Newbury, Massachusetts. They haven't seen anything yet. I'm gonna put it that way. 
but here's the problem. And, and Adam, I think we agreed when we talked about this earlier, a couple of days ago or weeks ago, about how when people run for political office, they actually have the intentions to do good things in the beginning. And then they kind of, it, it's dissolved with power and money. They realize they have no wiggle room. They're kind of at the mercy of a, of a bigger machine. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just picture. You, you worked. And that's kind of like, that was kind of like the, uh, the romantic pot about like Trump was because like he really had no political affiliation. He really had no, like no one could really, he had already, he was already a billionaire. So no one really could pay him off. Right. So that was kind of like, Ooh, okay. Look, this guy's like a regular Joe who's working, but in the end of the day, he was just a businessman, right? And so, sure. it's like he couldn't be influenced by anyone because, like, what the hell is he going to care? He leaves the office in two weeks. He goes off, and he's still a billionaire, right? He still owns tons of hotels and properties, and is, he's still conducting business all over the world. And then, and but it's like it's almost like when you get broken up of a girl, and it's like, but you know, you're a, you're a hot piece of ass. You're like you're a guy, you're like one of us, we're hot pieces of ass. Some girls like I don't want to go off with you, like. All right, well, fuck you, right? And we're just gonna grab another broad. You know what I mean? Like I'm True. still fucking, I'm still hot, right? Yeah. It's not like we're fat and we're ugly and we're like out of shape and no one likes us, right? People love us, you know? Yeah. They like throw themselves at us. Look at Casey getting numbers thrown at him and he's just throwing them away. Like that's like, that's like fucking like yeah. I don't need your fucking number. I'm just gonna yeah. throw them away. Yeah. But like picture like but so like that doesn't matter to Trump. Like he, he doesn't care. On three, a month from now, he's just still going to be a millionaire. He's still going to go to Florida, and he's still going to play golf. And he's still going to rub it arms of celebrities and shit like this. And so it's like whatever. Like I, I don't even know why you would want to run for president if you already had his power. You're already living on top of the world. Now you just like pissed half the people off in the country for no reason. You know what I mean? It's like like we all like watch the Kardashians, but we really don't give a fuck like what happens to them. Like oh, I don't know, fucking they're entertaining. Like you hate them, you love them, but like. You know, you, I don't know, but like, if one of them ran for president, then half the country would just hate him. You know what I mean? Like, I could give two shits, right? If like, mm. if Kim came through my bedroom door right now and sat down with us and decided to talk to us, I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. You know, I mean, whatever. I just really? hate her because you know, some. I think a lot of us just hate her because they can go and spend all this money and do all this fun shit, and we're stuck working at shitty jobs sometimes behind a desk. And you know, that's kind of like it's more of like a hatred because you're jealous, more than a hatred because you hate what they do. Because like, what what do they really do that's really that hateful? Really nothing. They just go and take pictures and shit like that. And it's like, well, that's, they do nothing. That's yeah. what's hate. That's why we hate them because they get paid to do nothing. And like, wouldn't we all? I mean, other than Eric Powers, who gets paid to do nothing six months out of the year. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but he's dead. <laughs> Casey, funny that you said that. I did text him. Well, I did Facebook message him because he doesn't get text messages. He hasn't responded. But he, he good news, yeah, Adam. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he just dead for weeks. So something happens. Something happened with him. And I don't know how this works. <laughs> okay, so I, guess, I guess he was put on a, someone's plan. He was put on like an AT&T plan, right? So he was given a number. Jesus, more phone shit. <laughs> <laughs> but he has no phone. <laughs> he was given a number, but has no phone to operate that number. Because he said to me, he's like, do you have an old AT&T phone? And I go, no, why? He's like, well, because I was given a number. I just need to activate the phone. I go, how does that even happen? How do you get a number and not have the phone to go inside with a number? It's not like they're just giving numbers out. It's like, we just bought a number. I, I have never heard of that. I think he misheard them and doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. My mind exploded. And we're all, can you get a fucking Google on this? After dead people. The best part is we're on his network, on the rocks right here on Facebook broadcast live today. And we've actually produced more shows than he's actually produced on his own network. So very ironic. Is it possible to get a number and not have a phone? You can get a virtual phone number. Mm. I mean... No, but, it, I, I, but the way he on your phone. Yeah, yeah, but the way he just yeah, exactly. you, need, you need the phone to work the app. Yeah, it's a little catch I, unless he has like an like an iPad or something. Yeah, no, he misheard because all I'm seeing is shit for like Google Voice, kind of like what I have, where it's like you have another number that's yeah. like connected to your phone, not like an actual. He's retarded. <laughs> Maybe it was. Uh... And, and you see, Adam, this is why he's dead. Maybe someone put him on a family plan or something, and like, and he hasn't really, like, or yeah. the case. I guess that's the situation. They must be taking his loss very, very hard. You know, we weren't invited to the funeral or the wake or anything, too. You know, you were freaking him out that night too. He was, t- he was probably talking you for were. 
half hour after the show, he was walking around. He's like, he's like, I'm afraid to drive home. I might die. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, well, according to Casey, it's tough for you to die twice if you're already dead. So <laughs> he doesn't have anything to worry about. He's already dead. It's fucking crazy. So it's what was it? We're the first. So I was supposed to be told by now. I think within the next couple of weeks, that we're going to make it to Lego Masters TV show. So we should know within a week or so. Case I told you I tried out for that show, right? Did we talk about that? I don't think so. Me and uh, Eric, the dead guy, we uh, we had a a, um, a zoom a zoom interview with uh, the cast and director. Um, God, what was that? Like two months ago, at least. Yeah, yeah. Let's say about two months. It's like late October, early November, and they uh, interviewed us, and I think we did fairly well. I think uh, Eric did fairly well, considering sometimes he goes a little uh, crazy sometimes. When I remember one time, me and him were, were, were at a, like an interview for a radio station um, back in 2009. We were on a cyber station USA out of Quincy, Massachusetts, and we went in to talk to the guy about bringing the show live on the air. And uh, he was just rambling on unnecessarily about stuff. And I was like, well, I don't think they're going to pick us to be on this network. And they did. And later we found out that the guy ran the network was a kitty toucher. So, I mean, everything worked out at the end. So, you know, he's a fucking weirdo, the guy. He used to take pictures of kids in their underwear and sell them on the black web. Oh. Yeah. Well, in Japan, they do that not even on the black web. They just put it in vending machines and you can buy them on the street. Would you? Well, speaking of Japan, they also have transparent outhouses. Apparently, that's interesting. I it. They're an interesting couple. A uh, couple, a uh, country, a culture. <laughs> I think culture was though. I think I was going to try to say culture and comp and uh, country, and they said couple. Um, when did they become so twisted with their sexuality yeah. stuff? Was it after like, like what? What? Because they. Cause um, I. It's been a while. The only reason I know this is because I took a Japanese art history class in um, in college, mm-hmm. and so actually most of the stuff that they have, like if you go into like their museums, most of that was actually taken uh, taken from Korea. Okay. So they were, you know, they were like the the samurais and the ninjas. They were the mercenaries. They were the pirates okay. uh, of of Asia. Well, they in the so, empire, right? So they had the whole Japanese empire taking over all the countries and stuff, right? I mean, that was the idea. No, they were like, they had like their own country. They had their own dynasty. Yeah, yeah, I know. But they, they, they so you but, said they took stuff from the Koreans. So they, they took stuff from all around, you know. Basically what would happen is Korea would reach out to Japan and say, hey, we need your military help. We'll yeah. pay. Okay. They come over to see, they vanquish their enemies. They take their stuff, yeah, and then they come come back. So like they, the, they like, bring the, bring like Korea's art, yeah, from the people that they killed back to Japan. So the vending machines with underwear in it came from South Korea. No, but there were other things that you know was specifically Japanese. Yeah, um, so they did a lot of. Um, was it like board work? So they had like um, like these like shingle shingle like woods where they they would like do do art on. Okay. And I think that's what you're referring to with the whole sexuality thing, and that's where that. Yeah, they have a lot of like niches, I guess you'd say, or like uh, categories of like, like the animation point is very interesting, like like naked See, cartoons. You would own in on that. Well, I, I don't find it arousing or intriguing. <laughs> I just find it very interested that people would you know use that as a visual cue to uh pleasure themselves with you know what i mean i just to me i just couldn't get off of looking at like like cartoons like like remember they used to remember when we were kids and they had roger rabbit and they try to sexualize jessica rabbit as this like oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. and it's like she was it was a, it was an attractive looking cartoon but like that's where it ended at the image of it being a good looking person cartoon of a person but like the, the sexualization of it which kind of just not exists because it was an inanimate object and like you could kind of separate yourself from that now if they made sec- like jessica rabbit was like you know like say mariah carey in her, in her prime just kind of prancing around and you'd be like oh, i get sexualized that guy it's a human 
and I could actually have physical sexual contact with it, other than a cartoon in which I cannot. No, Just, I was never into cartoons yeah. or the anime stuff. Or, no, it's very no. odd. And, uh, but some people are, I guess. And yeah, a lot of people are. I don't get it. But hey, to each their own, like I always say, you know. It's very interesting. I mean, I would have to, I guess we would have to bring someone on who's into that. Like, I, I, my cousins are into, and one of my cousins is really into, like, Japanese animation, like the cartoons and stuff. Yeah. Not, not yeah. the pornography part of it, but just, just like, the, the storylines and stuff, you know, which is kind of cool. That, I mean, it is a little, it's different. It's a lot different than, like, Disney. That's true. It's, it is. Um, I, I actually watch quite a bit of anime. Um, mm-hmm. They are very good storytellers. Um, they do own their craft. One of the big ones, they're owned by Disney, which I'm not like a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, it's like um, the Miyazaki films. Okay. You have like The Spirit of the Way, that's probably like the most renowned one, House Moving Castle. Um, those stories are just like rich in the, the, the storytelling aspect of it. Um, obviously, you get some of these like weird mainstream ones, like you have like Naruto, which you know, if you watch. The whole thing, like yeah. you, you eventually get to the point where it's like I'm just watching the same thing over and over and yeah. over. Again. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, obviously, the stories are a little bit different, um, and it's very rich in the character development. But ultimately, it's like like a, a repeat of of the same same story, but that show is terribly long. So right. when you think uh, about isn't Disney like that too though? Isn't all their all their cartoons kind of the same storyline? There's always a, a bad um, person, there's always a hero, and there's always like a like a princess that's in need, right? And they all kind of there's a couple of nuances, but that's that's when you get the whole disnification of your classic fairy tales mm-hmm. that was much better than mm-hmm. than the retelling, like uh, you know, Little yeah. Red Riding Hood and. Rumpelstiltskin, who ripped himself in half in the original fairy tale. Um, yeah, it was. Just, it, it was yeah, the, the original fairy tales were always better. Yeah, I guess. Um, but I think what they, what Disney tried to do was just romanticize everything with the fairy tales, which, like, there wasn't that much of romanticize, romanticizing. Yeah. Within all those fairy tales. Which makes sense. I mean, because that's what sells. Love, hate, and desire sells, right? And your little yeah. girls want to be that princess, and young boys want to be that, that prince, and there's always that evil person in there that's always standing in the way. Yeah. And it's, it's a, like it's, Eric. It's like Eric, yes. He's like Mustafa, right? And, and Lion King. But if you look at all the movies and you broke down like a plot, right? A really generic, like kind of like synopsis of each movie. Basically, it would almost all be the same. Like there was a bad guy, there was yeah, a good exactly. guy, yeah, a princess, yeah. you know. But right. like, but sells. It's a it's a good combination, right? And all you got to do is kind of they they did such a good job yeah. of like making certain characters and stuff, making everything specific to yeah. that movie. So right? You you retell it in a way that seems different enough. That it's almost unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. So you'll have the Lion King. Let's pull those two. Okay. Uh, Lion King one, Lion King two. Lion King one is the Hamlet. It's Hamlet from Shakespeare. True. And Lion King two is uh, Romeo and Juliet. Wow. Shit. Yeah. I mean, you think about that's, it. Yeah. That's yeah. literally what it is. I remember I was doing a beta, um, doing a book review for an independent author. I'm like reading the book. I got through like the first couple chapters of it and I like uh, DNF'd it, which means I did not finish it because it was basically just like, it wasn't well written or well realized to begin with, but it was basically a, like a, a D&D concept of the retelling of the Hamlet. Interesting. And like, but it wasn't told in like a way that was um, compelling, um, nor you know, was it told differently enough that led me to believe that it's not the Hamlet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within the first couple of chapters, like, I already know where this is going. This is just the retelling of the Hamlet. Which, I mean, it isn't a bad idea when you think about it. I mean, Disney obviously made a bajillion of dollars doing it. And it's fucking... Good marketing, I guess. I mean, the marketing department of Disney is 
is pretty good. But Disney's kind of like on a down right now for movies because, like, remember, like in the old days, you had the classic Disney movies when we were kids, and like you know, they they were, you know, from the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, they all kind of. And then there was like this dark age of Disney movies where you didn't have much, and all of a sudden, uh, I think it was like what Little Mermaid came around in like yeah. the early nineties, and all yeah. of a sudden the Renaissance of Disney kicked back up and. They're basically, like you said, telling the same, telling old stories, but adding, you know, lovable characters to them to make people interested in them. But then Disney has a great thing where they have like the, the, the Disney parks, which is their marketing. So all they have to do is they can build rides based on particular characters. Yeah. And then it can revamish rides. And like, for example, like in Epcot, like in Norway, they had the Norwegian boat ride, right? That went through all of Norway. But then Frozen came out which takes place with a Norwegian princess and they revamped the ride to be frozen themed. And they did that with like the Mexican, they're doing that with like all their rides. Like they'll like Ratatouille, right? The France pavilion never had a ride. Now they have the Ratatouille ride because there was a cartoon that took place in France. I mean, that's marketing genius right there. Why the fuck haven't we thought of this idea? Where can we get 7,000 acres of land to build an amusement park? I think we could get the money. I think if the three of us went to like a bank and be like, hey, listen, we need like, I don't know, like twenty billion dollars. We're about to start an amusement park here in northeastern New England. Would you guys be interested? There's plenty of land in Maine. We could order the, we could have the biggest amusement park in the country. But the issue with that is like you can only be open a certain amount of months a year because dome. The, no. Ah, <laughs> the dome. Well, so it's it'd be like well, roof. Well, what was that stupid water park? Okay, something keys. Uh, the stupid indoor water park. It's, it's still there. Like, make sure to buy a mountain. Yeah. And then you can go skiing. Cocoa Keys. Cocoa yeah. Keys. Cocoa Keys is still open. At least it was until the pandemic hit. I don't know if it's still I open. I, I don't fucking know. And so that's what we do. We just tell them we want to build a dome. <laughs> no, but uh, on your note of indoor water parks, I was watching this uh, thing on YouTube. They were like in, uh, going through some abandoned water parks and stuff. So the water park concept kind of freaks me out anyways. I get claustrophobic in the, in the tubes. That's so much the gross part, but more of a claustrophobic thing. Like, I'm in those tubes, I get very claustrophobic. Now, when you put those tubes in a building, I get very claustrophobic. Like, for example, in a movie theater, right? Big open room, and they had the ceiling tiles. If a ceiling tile was missing in a movie theater, it would freak me out. Because I don't want to see what's in the ceiling. If, I would psychologically be very uncomfortable during the movie and have to sometimes leave. I've actually been hit by a falling piece of tile. Which is, that would totally make it even more freaky right there. Because that would, like, to me, that freaks me out. Like, being able to see, like, the dock yeah. and the ceiling and not be able to see if anything can come through. And if I'm in a water park and I'm not high up. Your experience. Yeah, it freaks me out, man. Yeah, I don't yeah. like water parks because I don't care how much chlorine you put in that water. It doesn't change the fact that all that water has touched everybody's asshole. Mm-hmm. Including your own. Yeah. Including my own. And everybody you, else. Drink, you drink that water too. It goes in your mouth by mistake. Yeah. It's like the bar of soap in your house when you're growing up, right? Everyone in your family wiped their ass of it. And then you go wiping, washing your face of it. Well, even more disgusting. Remember when you were a little kid, we all ate icicles. We've all picked up an icicle when we were a little kid and ate it. Yeah. Do you know how much bird shit is in that? Because it usually forms off of houses. You're eating a lot of bird shit. Yeah, it's true facts. It's good for immunity, though. None of us have. Yeah. Well, Casey, there you go. Yeah. Casey, did you have officially have the corona or did you not get the corona? It, I did have the corona. You have the corona. Okay. We all, we all have the corona. I was going to say the whole house got it, right? Yeah, you guys all got it. Uh, the whole house, uh, we did have one cousin that didn't get it, but uh, we think that's because he already had it back in March. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you, so do you think that, and I know you're not a doctor, but do you, what do you feel about, I'm, not, yeah, I'm, I'm asking for more of an opinion, I guess, not, not medical. So if you listen to this, this is the disclaimer, do not take this as a medical advice. Uh, once you have it, <laughs> do you feel like you've built an immunity to it? Like, do you think that it's like, um, like you, it's like chicken pox. Once you get it, it's like, all right, I got it. Now my body can fight it off. And is it the rare situation where you can get it again? But like, or do you think like, you know, you're still vulnerable to it? Oh, I, I mean, you're always, you can still be vulnerable to it. Cause you have like the statistics, which is just really, really low for reinfection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just extremely, extremely low. Like, you know, if it's you're you're um, a very unlucky person. Yeah 
reinfected kind of thing. Because I haven't heard any stats from reinfections. Like, I haven't heard anyone saying, yeah, it's my second time getting it. You know what I mean? I feel like that would be yeah, the news. Like for, like, the, like, I don't know, like, for a thousand people, like, you know, like, two thousand people who have received it might, might possibly get reinfection. Yeah. Um, so it's extremely low. The, my only main concern would be, which is why I'm still wearing a mask while I go for my morning walks, would be the second, uh, the mutated strain. Yeah, uh, that's coming around right now, um, no. and wow. obviously we don't know if how dangerous that is. If it's just as dangerous, if it's more mild, we don't really know at this point. There's yeah. not enough information. No, there is. Won't have enough information on it. Like they but, say, it, they say it's more contagious, but it's not as lethal. But we, really, like you said, really don't know. But how do we not know? How do we know that most of some of the cases that have been around for the last few months weren't this mutated strain, but they just weren't testing for it because it came up positive on the test and you wouldn't really know. Like, isn't that kind of, I mean, to me, that seems like it's a weird gray area where it's like, how do you, know, are, you know, like the new strains probably was the new strain. Possibly. Um, again, like, again, we don't know. <laughs> no one knows. Yeah. There's no really way to like, there's no blueprint. Of uh, you know, odds are the symptoms are probably the same because it's coming from like the same same kind of virus. Yeah, that's in that family. So even if we get tested for the coronavirus, you know, it might not necessarily test for that kind of strain, uh, but it'll still test for you know those those same symptoms. Do, uh, which do do any of you guys find it kind of weird that like it's a virus that you have like a ninety say a ninety nine percent chance of surviving if you're fairly healthy, right? But we're all taking precautions for this, right? But in the 80s, you had the AIDS virus, or the HIV, that all you had to do was wear a rubber, and you're probably going to be okay. But we didn't do that. We're still not doing that. Yes. I mean, <laughs> isn't it kind of ironic when it has to do with, like, the situation? Like, it's like, I don't know. Like, you'd wear a mask. Like, there's probably some guys out there that will wear a, or guys and girls who, who insist on wearing a mask. But like they they'll they'll raw dog of a stranger with no hesitation. And the and the latter is more deadly. Like if you got like HIV, it's it's almost like I know like you you can survive it, but it's it's not like it it's still not curable. Yeah, it's treatable now. So it's yeah. no longer an automatic test sentence, I don't think. Unless you're prepping up. Step up and prep up. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. I mean, I just thought it was ironic. I know the two were completely different, but they're both viruses when you think about it. It's like we're taking such overwhelming precaution for one, but the other one was like, yeah, whatever. We'll find um, it. <laughs> I, think, I think part of it is one of which is it just became so common. You're not somebody, somebody gets diagnosed with AIDS tomorrow. We're not going to hear about it because yeah. it's too common. It's very, very common at this point. Dodging that bullet um, in my 20s. And the, the other thing along with that is, you know, you still have like the whole risk and reward thing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't understand that because I don't, you know, I haven't engaged in it. But, you know, there's, you know, there's like some uncomfortability with wearing the mask. Sure, I, sure, I get that. And, you know, there's some people who have, you know, Asthmatic, you know, and, and it's even more uncomfortable for them to be wearing masks to be taking those precautions. Yeah. Um, and then I think just like the risk and reward for the opposite uh, for the AIDS is on a much wider scale where people aren't going to be concerned that much because they think, well, it's treatable now, so who cares? Well, it's funny too, but like in the early '80s when it first came around, people didn't know anything about the virus too. They didn't know if it was airborne. They didn't really know if it was like you know. What I mean, it was such no information. And I feel like, unfortunately, like time will go on about this current virus we're living in, and realize that there's it was so much more fear put in front of it than it was actually you know valued to have that fear. I guess you could say. I guess I know. I guess that's stuff you only learn in time, but like we'll look at it back in five years and be like, ah, it was a bad virus, but exactly, yeah, it wasn't more studies as and... bad as people painted it to be. Like you didn't have to close down the entire country. You could have. It's like I mean, oh, it's Monday Monday morning quarterbacking at that point, I guess. But I guess you really don't know until you know, yeah, yeah, that's true. I know. 
Yeah. Like everything's always scary in the time because you don't know. You don't know, yeah. What it is, you don't know. That's the worst spot. It's gonna be. Yeah. At least if like your doctor told you like tomorrow you have like cancer, right? At least cancer's been around for so long that like you have like an idea of like all right, and then they have a uh, a procedure in which for you to either get rid of your cancer or you know go to the funeral home and pick out your casket, depending on how bad the cancer is. But there's like an understanding to it because there's a known. You know, the only unknown you know you don't know is if you're going to survive it or not. But you, you know that people know enough about it to be able to fix it one way or another. And I guess with this, you just don't know anything about it. So it's just like I don't know how this how to fix this. I don't know what the long term effects are going to be. I guess that's the scary part is the unknown. I guess that's why people are scared. Yeah. Scared, motherfucker. Scared like shit. I get scared of the dark, and I'm 36 years old. So I mean, fuck, who the hell am I to be scared? Talking about people scared of shit, right? Yeah. I have a nightlight in my room, Casey, just in case, you know. Um, I'm sure you do, especially after all those nights, you know, almost getting a T-bone by a 16 wheeler. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. I'm going to tell you honestly, there's nothing that scares me more than the dark, and I think it's <laughs> it's a psychological thing that fucks with me. I think I think that's what it is. So, but uh. We're we're at the point where we should end the show, and uh, Casey, I'm going to give you some some uh, time to plug whatever you have going on. I know you have your books that you're working on; they're out there on Amazon. You can buy. How were your sales during the Christmas break? Did you did you did you get some sales? Um, most of my sales actually were before um, the uh, before um, Thanksgiving. Actually, nice. Um, so, um, I ended up selling about 38 copies over the break. And so I guess I'll talk a little bit about it and I'll drop a link right in here. Uh, it was compared rather favorably to both the wheel of time and my personal favorite, the Lord of the Rings, Okay, which is always very, very exciting. I'm very proud of that. Not by somebody I know. So that's an unbiased five-star review right there. Um, all right, so this is also an unbiased review, but this is a professional one. The desecration of the world is a dark land pushed towards a moral quagmire, blurring the lines between good and evil. In the desecration of the world, the magical land shudders under the unrelenting attack of a demonic army Alcathos has seen better days. Even its more prosperous cities feature far more squalor than comfort. Then Kanasa, the oldest forest, falls into an army of darkness, turning the green lands into black iron, which is led by the Darklands. Zanasa is in danger too, as the Kryptonite marches south to seize its last elven lands. That's a lot to take in. I have no idea. I want to know what you're talking about. I want to know what you're talking about, but I don't. This is a review. This is how someone reviews. So I got to read this thing. One of your. But I do have to go soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. We're running short on time. So <laughs> you, you told us about, you give us, you know, I just, I just want to know how, yeah. how you can get this if you want. Let, let, let the crowd, let the audience decide on their own. Um, I mean, we could do a show where you just sit there and you could verbally read, verbally read the shows, the books. Verbally read my book? Yeah, we have a book on tape with the author. You know, we could do that sometime. So but, a live uh, reading with, with Adam and the dead Eric's uh, feedback. That's right. Yeah, we could do like kind of like a director's, uh, you know, the, the director's cut when they talk. Director's cut, the one that doesn't, doesn't make it in the bookstores. That's right. That'll be, that'll be a very long ebook. So you, flash- so you can get it on right. Amazon. Okay, what are we searching on Amazon? I got to go to Amazon right now. I'm going to buy this book. What am I typing in? You're going to type in the desecration of the world. Okay. And the cover is going to be written underneath the pen name Arminus Arfeniel, a name that Artie here can can't pronounce. Never pronounce correctly. Never. <laughs> Never. You can't pronounce my last name right either. I can't pronounce so. any words right if you, if you haven't if you haven't known that. <laughs> And it's going to be written underneath um, Arminus Arfaniel. That's going to be the pen name that you can find it under. And okay. you, can, you can find my other books underneath that name also. Um, I am still donating 75% of all the proceeds. Oh, right. Yeah, you're doing it to the food, food bank, right? Up until the end of April. Nice. Um, 
and from there, um, so my other books, you can get in other retailers like Barnes and Nobles, um, and, and as well as like, like Goodreads, you can purchase it there too. Um, but as of right now, it is strictly only through the online retailers that you can get. They're not in bookstores, even though most of those are closed right now, except maybe Barnes and Nobles. Um, for obvious reasons, because they've got coffee there. And uh, as we all know, coffee is essential. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Adam, what do you plug right, in? Check out the, uh, the World of Potato on YouTube. We've got some new content I'm working on coming out soon. Done. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you for watching. It's been a great show. Thank you, Casey, for joining us last minute. Uh, hopefully, next week when we're on, the world's not over, and we can still successfully do the show without anyone censoring us so that's always a good thing um itunes youtube spotify all that stuff check it out it's audio 84 show the packy.com and we'll see you guys uh next week have a good week sounds good Bye. Bye. Bye.